Hey everybody, welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. I'm your host, Jana, and this week we're talking about how to create weekly content when you don't like to blog. So as you know, this podcast is a weekly content creation that I create and put out on Sundays to correspond with my weekly newsletters that are also separate from the podcast. So if you want to have more tips on dance as opposed to more than just business, I talk a little bit about everything in the newsletter. You can sign up at advanceyourbellydance.com and click the get weekly tips in your newsletter box. And I want to talk about why first you need to be creating something every week. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes and I want to harp on it again before I start this topic about what you need to do if you don't like to blog. And the reason that you need to be creating something every week is because you need to be reaching out to people that are your tribe, that are your people. You need to be finding an audience and community. And the best way to do that is to create good content. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to create it every day, but it also doesn't mean that you can slag off and create it every month or so. And you need to be doing it at least once a week so that people, number one, can remember you and what you are all about. And number two, so that people see how much of an expert you are and what it is that you want to be talking about. So this is a way to convince people that you know your stuff and that you have new ideas or new things that you want to talk about every single week. Now, this can be a bit tricky because... Everything that needs to be said has already been said in the world of anything. And a lot of people get stuck in this process because they think, okay, well, someone's already written about it or someone's already talked about it. Someone already taught this combination or taught this topic or whatever. Why should I go and put myself out there and tell my point of view about this thing? Well, it's because you are you, you are yourself, you are unique to, you are unique to yourself And you have um, an important opinion that you need to be giving out and showing people what it is in your way, in your style that you want to be talking about, what it is you want to be talking about. For example, this podcast is about business for belly dancers. Now, there's a ton of business podcasts and blogs and everything out there, not maybe even specifically, specifically for dancers, but they're definitely worthy of listening to. And I could have just thrown the towel and said, well, who's going to listen to this? And I have a very small group of people that do listen to it and that do write me and say they haven't thought about that before. And they're really like this episode with this interview and all that. So I do it for that group of people, no matter how small it's important for me to get out what I think is important in belly dance. And it's not just about the movement, it's about how to market yourself and how to be a professional in the other ways that you need to be a professional. So that's just one example. If there is something else that you really want to show people you're an expert in, that you need to be figuring out how is it that you're going to be presenting 
your content in a manner that you can be creating it every week. You don't have to stick to the same medium. You don't have to stick to podcasting. You don't have to stick to videos. You can do a variety of it. And I'll talk about another episode of how to recycle your content so that you don't have to be talking about this. You don't feel like you're talking about the same thing. You are talking about the same thing, but in different mediums. And so I'll talk about that in another episode about how to recycle your content. But this week we're talking about how to create content when you don't like to blog. So I've got three ways that you can create content, three different mediums, three different ways you can be putting your ideas out there if you don't like to blog. So if you do like to blog, if you like writing, then by all means stick to blogs. There's not enough belly dance blogs in my opinion, and the more the merrier. So if you do like to blog, if you are a good writer and this is where you feel most comfortable, then by all means put out a blog every week. And it'll help if you create a content calendar. I will have that for another episode as well, but just to go over it quickly, a content calendar you can create for the month, for the year, for the next six months, however long you want it for. And you can break it down into series. So let's say the month of April, you want to be talking about folklore. And then the month of May, you want to be talking about ethics in belly dance. So when you have that series, you can break down into four different topics per series. So for folklore, one week you may want to talk about Khaliji dance. Another week you may want to talk about Saidi. So that's just an example of how to first get started on figuring out what it is you want to be talking about. So if you'd like to blog, then by all means, go ahead and do that. And the content calendar can be used for any medium. It doesn't have to be just for blogging. I use it for my podcast and I use it for my newsletters. So one way that you can create content when you don't like blogging is podcasting. So podcasting, the benefits of podcasting are that it's, really easy to do if you don't mind speaking, if you like the sound of your voice like I do. No, I'm just joking. But if you are better at speaking than writing, then podcasting could be an option for you. It's really easy. I don't want to say it's low tech because there are some things that I'll mention in a bit that you do need to get started with podcasting. But for the most part, all you need to get started is a microphone, a quiet space and some kind of recording device on your computer. Everyone nowadays has microphones onto their laptops or even in their headsets. And if you have a Mac, you already have QuickTime Player, which is what I use to record episodes where I'm just speaking. If I have interviews, I use another program called Skype Call Recorder. And it's pretty cheap. It's like 25 euro or $25, I forget now. And then you have it forever and all the updates and you can record the calls on Skype that you, if you do interviews. But if you want to do a podcast where it's just you talking, then it's really low cost to get started. I started off using two different mics, uh, the one on my Mac and the one on my headphones. And then I advanced a bit to another um, audio recorder to see how that works and how well I like it. So far, it's so fine. It's not the most professional high quality one, but I also don't want to be focusing too much on having to buy the perfect tools. I just want to get it out there. 
So podcasting is a good option if you'd like to speak and it's really easy to come up with topics that you want to talk about. They don't have to be really long episodes. They can be just be five to 10 minute blurbs of what it is you want to say that week. Or you can do longer ones, especially if you're doing interviews where they're longer. So it's, it's totally up to you. The one thing I would say about podcasting that can be a bit difficult is if later down the line you want to have more high quality sound, you need to invest in more tech gear and you need to know how to edit your podcast. So any time that you have either a problem in the recording and you don't want to start all over, or even if you've said the same word a little bit over again, or you have an um here and um there, you need to know how to edit it yourself. And that's honestly my least favorite part of podcasting. I don't mind the recording part. I don't even mind creating the graphics because I already have a template and I just changed the title and it's the same thing. It's fine. But I really don't like audio editing. It just, it's not my thing at all. <laughs> so maybe down the line, I'll have someone else do it for me. My brother's a sound engineer, so maybe I should just have him do it for me. But I, I don't like that part. So I'm not going to say that if you don't like it, it's going to be easy. But it's not the worst thing to learn. So I have Audacity, which is free. You can also get it for the Windows or the Mac. I just pop in the audio file at the end and I edit in where I need to um, make edits and then I just export it. And then that's it, that's the episode. So it doesn't take too long once you have the hang of it. You can also create a template if you want to add in music. So for this uh, show, I have a, a common license song that I use at the beginning for the intro and the outro. And I have a template that's already set up with those cuts for when it needs to fade in, fade out. So I don't have to re-edit that song just to put into the episode and that. So I already have that set up. Same thing you can do for your intro and outro. If you're saying the same thing every time to introduce people or you have a song, you can also create a template, just record your little intro. If you want to be introducing people to your podcast, just record that and save it as an extra file and then just plug that in every time you want to create a new episode. One thing that you do have to know, and this is a bit more technical about creating podcasts, is that there's metadata in the podcasts. So each episode, if you want it to pop up with the correct title and description on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or anything like that, you need to edit the metadata. And so in Audacity, right before you hit export MP3, it'll ask you to fill out these little fields. And this is where you want to add in what is important. So if you have a common license, sorry, common Creative Commons license song, you need to add that in so that um, if the artist ever finds out that they're using that you're giving them credit who the song is by and that you have the Creative Commons license to use it. And, or if you don't, or if you purchase the song that you want to use, you purchase the rights from the artist, you need to put in um, the name of the artist and the song as well. As well as just your name and the title of the episode, um, all these things that you want popping up, for example, on an app when you're listening to a podcast. 
So this is where it can get a bit technical. You have to probably do a Google search, um, podcasting metadata, and see what I'm talking about if you're not entirely sure what it is that I'm saying. So podcasting is a great way to create weekly content when you don't like blogging. And it's something that's great for people that don't mind talking. If talking is not really for you, talking into an audio and hearing your own voice all the time, or even the editing part is too much, there's two other things that you can do. So number two, what you can do to create weekly content when you don't like to blog or to podcast is creating videos. Now videos, especially live videos this year, if anyone that follows social media trends is a pretty big thing. So Instagram stories has come out with live videos or even Snapchat and Instagram stories have videos on their platforms. Facebook has Facebook Live. So videos are very in right now in the social media trends and they're only gonna get more popular this year. And of course for belly dancers, videos have always been an important thing to showcase our dancing or showcase our classes. But it doesn't have to be limited to performances. Now videos, again, same as podcasting, can be a bit technical. So first I'll talk about the pros and then I'll mention, not the cons, but the more technical, harder, difficult things about videos. So to get started with making videos, you don't need much. Again, everyone's phone or laptop nowadays has a camera and all you need is some good lighting. You can sit right next to a window or a well-lit room or something like that. Or if you wanna get even fancier, you can have um, either a ring light point to you from behind the camera and that creates a sort of ring glow if you're watching makeup tutorials. You'll see that in their eyes, so they use ring lights. And that creates a very soft look on the face, and it's pretty flattering for most people. Or you can do a three-point lighting, which is where you get three lights, and you create kind of a triangle behind the camera. So you have two pointing to the side, one on each side, and then one directly on you. And that creates a soft, uh, warm light that's flattering. It's not harsh. And for videos, you want to make sure that you also have some kind of external mic because if you're filming from your phone, it's very difficult to hear the audio. And you can buy um, any external mic that plugs into your phone for very cheap on Amazon. So you can look that up, which ones are good. Um, It's not that important to have the best quality so long as people can hear you, that's fine. Videos are very easy to make, if especially if you like being in front of the camera and you don't have a problem with not necessarily always being performance ready. If you're used to having videos only of yourself when you're performing, that's fine. But they can also get very technical. So down the line, if you want to create higher quality videos, then it's going to take some investment or it's going to take at least cleaning out an extra part of your room to create kind of like a little studio for yourself. Because you don't want to be creating... um, So in the beginning, it's fine if you're creating kind of videos that aren't as professional. But down the line, you want to show that you are professional, that you have high quality videos, and that's going to take a bit of more 
technology and professional know-how. And videos are great, like I mentioned, not just for showing off performance, but also for talking about topics that you want to be teaching about. So if you Google any makeup artist, they'll have weekly makeup tutorials, and that is their weekly content. And it makes sense because it's a visual thing. You need to know how to apply the makeup. And same thing for belly dancers. If you if you decide to be teaching something every week, as in teaching movements, then it only makes sense for you to be creating weekly videos. Now, again, you're limited to whether you have studio space or whether your own place where you're um, shooting the video is professional enough. You don't want to have things in the background that are distracting, but it's but it's doable. So if that's something that you are totally comfortable with, or if you already have studio access or your home studio, or you're basically living out of the studio because you're teaching all the time, then video definitely try and stick with that because that's a really great way to pump up your YouTube or Vimeo channels. You can also post on Instagram and Facebook. You can repurpose the content all around. And if you are especially keen on teaching movements as your weekly content creation, then video is the way to go because it's a visual thing that people need to see what it is you're doing. It's better that they see the movements rather than just read it on a website or listen to you talk about it. So second way to create content when you don't like to blog are is, is creating videos. And the third and final way that you can create content when you don't like any of the other options is to post on Instagram. Now this one's a bit of its own, well, it's a funny category because Instagram is a social media tool and normally I wouldn't recommend putting all your eggs in one basket for these things because Instagram can be bought out tomorrow by someone else and it no longer is really Instagram. So who knows? Don't put your eggs in one basket where you cannot control the outcome. So you always do need to have your own website, your own kind of channel where people can follow you and come up, uh, Google and your website comes up and they can sign up for your newsletter or whatever. So Instagram is something that I recommend because it is like a mini blog slash photo series. Now, I'm a fan of Instagram um, for several reasons, because it's a social media tool that, for anyone that's a bit more introverted, doesn't require all that much um, socializing. So you're just looking at pretty pictures and liking and commenting. You're not reading people's political statuses and getting angry at their shares and all this, you know, whatever have you, like on Facebook. And Facebook is great for some things, but Instagram is one of my favorites because you're just looking at really awesome pictures, really visual, like the best of the best photos, and you are able to share your own. And so this is a great tool if you have some really nice photos and that you want to share them. And it's a really good way to also humanize your brand, which is to show that you are human, number one. And number two, that these are the things that I do in my life. And if you want to be more like me or have this kind of lifestyle, then you can easily follow me and see what it is that I do. And it's a really great way for people to get a look behind the scenes of what you are all about. 
So if you are selling a DVD on a certain topic, let's say on dance drills, and your posts and your feed is full of your performances and taking you through you doing the dance drills and what kind of dance practice wear that you like wearing because of it's easier to do these drills or whatever that helps you do these drills, then people can take a look at it and see, wow, okay, so they have this, this, this going on. Maybe I should be getting that DVD because this is the life of someone that does these drills. So that's just one example. It's a way to get people to eventually purchase from you if you have something to purchase or even to hire you. One good example is a dancer that I know in Orlando, Kara Noor. She is a wedding dancer in Orlando and her Instagram feed is all about happy, smiling wedding guests that she gets hired to entertain. And it's all about also behind the scenes, like these funny um, bathroom selfies that we all take when we're waiting to come out for a gig. And it's a really good, wholesome overview of the process that she does. So just not even just the, the highlights, just performing, but also behind the scenes. And people are more likely to hire her um, not only because she's a great dancer, but because she's very um, she's very welcoming and she shows people, okay, this is what you get when you hire me and this is the process that I take and this is how I prepare. So thinking about that and taking a look at your Instagram profile, see what it is that you can do to create a kind of wholesome look. And the reason I put this in the content creation is because Weekly, you want to put out something that has some value. It's not just about posting pretty pictures. If you follow the top photographers on Instagram, it's never just about the pictures. It's about the camera they use, the style, even behind the scenes of the lighting, all that stuff. And people that are aspiring photographers or that want to hire that photographer get a look at how professional they are and they know what it is they're talking about. So Instagram isn't just for pretty pictures. You need to use the... A text box and like the little text box where you can type in where people just usually put hashtags you can be using that as a mini blog platform now obviously it's not the same as blogging on your own website which again if you prefer doing that then definitely do that um, because Instagram you can't tell how many people clicked to see that you can only tell impressions and followers if you have the business account. So you have a harder time tracking how, if you're doing it well or not. But at the same time, if you are just dipping your feet in the water, trying to see if you like this idea of, of posting something every day or every week on Instagram, then definitely do give this a try. So if you don't have anything profound to say that will last like 2,000 words on a blog or more, then give Instagram a try as a kind of mini blog slash photo series. So this way you can just type in like a paragraph or two about what it is that you want to, that you're just thinking about it, that you want to talk about that week with a nice picture and some relevant hashtags and see how well that does. And with Instagram, though, instead of a weekly content platform, it really needs to be every day. If you really want to be seeing any growth in your Instagram or any kind of massive following, you need to be posting pretty much every day. Because the way the algorithm is now, 
people that don't post often are kind of at the bottom of the list if someone does follow you. So it's a bit tricky, but it's definitely doable, especially if you, if none of the other options appeal to you and you just want to try it out and see before you commit to having a weekly podcast or having weekly videos where you're talking about this one topic, you can use Instagram and have something different every single day if that's what you want. So one day you could be talking about your training schedule and have a picture of you training or drilling. And then the second day you could have something about you at a gig and talking about your process of how um, people book you and what happens next and all that stuff. So it's a good way to see first what it is that you need to be doing to be creating content. And it's also fun because you can just flip through and find dancers that you like and get ideas. And it's kind of low risk. It's not like people can't really link back to your post. They can, obviously. They can link back to the Instagram post. But it's not the same as a blog where if you're worried about blogging or podcasting or creating videos, it's a little bit more low risk. It's not as out there. Although there's nothing wrong with wanting to put yourself out there. But if you are completely new to creating something every week, then this is the way to go. So I've talked about three ways to create content when you don't like blogging. Number one, creating a podcast. Number two, creating videos. And number three, posting on Instagram as a mini blog slash photo series. So now that you have three alternative ways to be creating content when you don't like to blog, there is no excuse to not be creating something every week or every day in that case. You don't need to be racking your brain up trying to create something totally new. You can look at content that you've posted before, that you've taught in workshops before in your classes, or that you've taken from other teachers and try to see how is it that you can say in your own words. The reason that you need to be creating something every day is because, or every week, sorry, is because you want people to know what it is that you're about. And you need to be sharing something with the belly dance world about your personal ideas. So if you want to know more tips like this and others, you can also sign up for the Advance Your Belly Dance newsletter, which you can sign up at advanceyourbellydance.com. Thank you so much for listening this week and until next time.